0: Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and
4: I'm listening to The Tom Sumner Show.
5: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show on Tom Sumner. we got a great one in store today. We're going to be talking uh, again with uh, author Wayne Johnston, who has uh, a new book out called The Home Stretch. That's coming up in the uh, third half of our three-hour tour, or The Home Stretch for our show. And uh, during the the uh, second hour of the show, we're going to visit with uh, uh, who do we have lined up? The author of uh, one of the authors of a book called "Poorly Understood: What Americans Get Wrong About Poverty," and uh, his name is uh, Mark Robert Rank. He joins me uh, by phone during the second hour of the three-hour tour. But first, we're going to talk about. Zoom meetings and uh, what what cities um, are the best ones uh, for ha- having access uh, to meetings by Zoom and so on, or you might call them Zoom towns. Uh, but uh, here from Rent.com, a uh, blogger and more, Brian Carberry joins me by phone. Hi, Brian. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. How are you? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm not a Zoom person. I, I have one group that I meet with by Zoom. Um, I do a lot of, uh, as you might expect, a lot of uh, a lot of phone interviews, and I, I don't worry about the video so much. But what is? It seems like Zoom has become so much a part of everyday's life. What determines what makes a good city for holding Zoom meetings?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. I, you know before, you know, COVID, I I probably never used Zoom either. I you know occasionally on a work call here or there, but you know, it's a lot of in person or hopping on the phone, but Yeah, I, mean, I did I I did stuff now, like, you know? like
5: like like f- Facebook video chats with my grandkids. Exactly. I you know, I did a exactly. few things like that. But I really wasn't that concerned about video. Why is video so important? And and again, what what constitutes um what places are better and and not as good um, for, for having that kind of resource?
2: Yeah, you know, I'll answer your first question uh, first about why video is so important. I think it's just it's to maintain, at least in a professional sense, to maintain as much of a face-to-face meeting as you can have virtually. Uh, obviously, no one's really at work these days, um, but you still, you know, business still has to get conducted. You're still having meetings. And it's not so much just the video quality. It's, it's you're using more of your bandwidth and, and more broadband connection to have a clear picture. And if your picture goes out, your audio is going to be a little choppy as well. So it's just kind of that combination of everything. In order to have a good Zoom call, you need to have good internet connection. You need to have kind of that, that uh, internet infrastructure in place. And that kind of gets to your second question when you're asking about some of the best places to have Zoom calls or Zoom towns, as we like to call them. Uh, You know, we had a writer for our blog who lives out in Portland, Oregon, uh, visited a bunch of places out in the Pacific Northwest. He's kind of a a, more or less a travel blogger, if you will, and wrote about some of the areas, at least in that part of the country, where he found were the best towns for Zoom calls. And these are areas where you had good Internet connection, you had good Wi-Fi, so you could still be connected. You could write something, you could hop on a, a video call with people, and then at the same time, you have some amenities and some accessibility for other things that you're going to want to do. So in his uh, article, he highlighted places like Boise, Idaho, Bend, Oregon, Seaside, Oregon. It was a lot of Pacific Northwest, but it really anywhere can be a good Zoom town. This is just one writer's opinion of places that he found. If you want to travel, you know, anywhere, anywhere in the country that you have a good Internet connection, it's going to be a good Zoom town these days. Most places, unless you're in the middle of nowhere, have good connection. You're going to have the ability to hop on a call and, and have a good connection with someone.
5: What constitutes a, a good connection? There, there are some places that are getting most of their internet um, by, by using cell towers, and then other mm-hmm. places that are um, really set up with, with Wi-Fi in their communities um, and, and everything in between.
2: Right. Yeah, So there, you're right. There are places, uh, especially larger cities, have a little bit more connectivity. They just have more options is one thing. Uh, you have different providers that are going to provide different Internet options. So it can be anything from, you know, what we would once call like that DSL and cable connection, which is really pretty much standard these days, to communities that have set up these public hotspots or Wi-Fi hotspots. There are other places where people are trying to save some money and are just using their cell phones. If you have a, an unlimited data plan, for instance, you could just use your cell phone for a hotspot and use the Internet from that. Your connection there is not going to be as good because you're reliant on that cell phone service. Depending on how many people are, happen to be using the network in your area could impact your connectivity there. But if you're in a larger city or a city that does have that established public Wi-Fi set up, you're going to be in an area where you're going to have good quality for video calls or really anything that you would want to do on the internet or online.
5: Is hardwired uh, better than than Wi-Fi for something like Zoom conferencing?
2: You know, everyone's going to give you a different opinion. Uh, I would say <laughs> yes, it is. It's <laughs> sure. Like because, it's like I mean,
5: it's like golf. <laughs>
2: yeah exactly uh you need you're limited because you have to plug in you you can't pick up a laptop for instance and go sit outside if it's a nice day or or travel around to a coffee shop when things reopen but if you are plugged in you're going to have a stronger connection uh you don't have to worry about any disruptions through any other signals that may be bouncing around through the air that we can't see wi-fi is always going to be slightly behind or to have some sort of lag even with the best wi-fi that you have Wi Fi is very good. Don't get me wrong. And a lot of these internet providers right now that are selling really high plans are incredibly fast, you know, the 5g for cell phones, all that things that are kind of come into it, like it's a very fast connection. But if you're going to plug in, and you're going to hardwire in, you're going to have a more reliable connection. The only way you wouldn't is if for whatever reason, your device has an issue or your internet goes down, In which case, then you're kind of dependent on using a
5: public hotspot if you have one near you. What was rent.com's interest in this? You know, it's a lot
2: of people are working remotely right now. And a lot of people are trying to find a place to live. And people don't really need to live in communities where their jobs are anymore. Because of this whole work-from-home culture and this hybrid workforce that. You know, no one knows what it's going to be when COVID ends and we're all, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. But I would expect that there is going to be a lot more workplace flexibility for employees that are either going to be able to work from home either permanently or kind of half at home, half in the office or whatever it might be. So the ability to have a good connection for working and just for pleasure is really going to be more important and a higher priority for people that are looking for a place to live and looking for a place to rent. So we figured it would be interesting to kind of highlight this and acknowledge that it is something that people are going to start worrying about and start getting people kind of just at least thinking about it when they're trying to find their next place to live.
5: Now, I noticed when the uh, when the pandemic started, uh, when we first became aware of it and people started looking at working from home options i I especially noticed it with network television news when they were doing uh they had anchors broadcasting from their basements and stuff yeah (laughs) and and for the first couple weeks it was it was pretty raw it was a little rough and then then the green screen started popping up and better video equipment and audio equipment and pretty soon they were doing pretty good broadcasts um what, what happened um, in order for that transition to occur? Did that just all of a sudden throw a, a growing industry into warp speed?
2: You know, I think it was something that people weren't prepared for to the level that it became. Uh, you know, even myself, when I first started working from home, and I've been working from home for about a year now um, since I've been in the office, I mean, 11 months, you know, go, you know, about a year. And I thought it was just going to be for a month or two. And we'd be back to, you know, in the office. Nothing would really change. There'd be no disruption. And as the pandemic continued and there was kind of no end in sight, and that with, excuse me, vaccines, hopefully there will be an end in sight. But I think it was just people kind of had to adapt to the situation they were in. And it really did help this kind of niche industry. And I'm using air quotes, which you can't see, but. You know that not everyone was working from home not everyone had to use this technology and all of a sudden everyone did and it really helped enable zoom and you know internet connections and any any type of digital workplace tool really suddenly was very necessary and i think it really gave a boost to some of those people some of those companies in that industry as a whole because people were suddenly investing in it they had to use it and it really did help kickstart what those companies were able to do, and really help them grow.
5: Well, you know, I mentioned Facebook Chat, and and before that, it it was Skype, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, I you know, once the pandemic hit, I started hearing Zoom all the time, and now there are, there are several different uh, companies that that offer you know online meeting services. Um, is is that a trend that was already happening and, and uh, the pandemic has has sort of created more demand for it and and accelerated that? And will the new normal, um, you know, what you mentioned, you know, when COVID is gone, returning back to normal, but a lot of people are, are referring to a new normal. Do you think that that, that kind of work place flexibility um is is going to uh change the way we we conduct business and, and the way we do our jobs even after the uh, pandemic hopefully is eradicated
2: yeah absolutely i i do firmly believe that you know when we can go back to work there are going to be companies and you're already seeing it with some larger tech companies That have told their employees you know you can work from home indefinitely if that's what you desire to do and i think that is going to become more of the as you said new normal of this 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 idea of a hybrid workplace where you have people that have just decided that you know what i i feel more comfortable working from home i'm as productive these tools these video tools these scheduling tools whatever it might be allow me to still be Uh, collaborative with my teammates and I'm still able to join meetings and I'm not missing anything. I I think that is going to be a trend that we see. Some industries more than others is always going to be like healthcare, for instance. I mean, telemedicine has been kind of a growing trend somewhat recently. I think that's going to take off a little bit. But, you know, emergency rooms and things like that, there's always going to be a need for a kind of an in-person aspect of that. But anything with like tech or anything with sales even, Um, you know, e-commerce is going to be huge in my opinion. I think technology can be done fairly remotely depending on what the job is and what level of, you know, hands onness that you need. But I really do feel that tools like zoom and you mentioned Skype and it's funny because when the pandemic first began and I was doing certain interviews with, uh, different people, it was always through Skype because no one really was using zoom as of yet. Zoom was very, very niche to the business world. And then Zoom kind of expanded to be kind of more of a layman's tool that more and more people could use. And all of a sudden, people were doing dinner parties on Zoom or holiday (laughs) gatherings on Zoom and things like that. And Zoom, to their credit, I mean, really capitalized on what was happening and, and made it a tool that everyone could use. And there's a free version. There's a paid version. And, you know, there's limits on that free version. But it's you have enough that you can do with it that you really if you're going to use it to call a family member you don't need hey, to pay Brian. you have access to this free thing
5: Brian, I hate to interrupt, but I have to put a comment here. I need to go to a break. Can you stick around for a few minutes oh, so we can talk some more?
6: Absolutely.
2: All right. Absolutely.
5: My, my guest is uh, Brian Carberry from Rent.com, and we're going to talk some more about
1: Zoom calls. Hello towns. out
4: there, everybody. It's me, Tigger, T i g g e r. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. woo
5: <laughs> Wearing a mask helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. Wear your mask correctly. Wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds before putting on your mask. Holding the ear loops or ties, make sure the mask covers your nose and mouth and secure it around your chin. Try to fit it snugly against the sides of your face. Make sure you can breathe easily and keep the mask on the entire time you're in public. To learn more, visit cdc.gov slash coronavirus.
3: Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
5: Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about uh, the Zoom phenomena, Zoom towns, etc. with uh, Brian Carberry from rent.com, and Brian uh, joins me by phone. Brian, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no worries. Um just before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, how Zoom use accelerated and, like, a lot of uh, <laughs> Internet access started out sort of in the business community and then became, you know, widely used by just about everybody. Um, but one of the things that, that I, I'm curious about, we, we mentioned the, the new normal, what happens to people that are working remotely when... Um, when things open back up you know in a post-covid world will people and we were saying that we think that that people will continue to use the option to work from home if they can is that impacting uh where people want to live
2: yeah absolutely so generally before the pandemic there were two things that when people are looking for a place to live it was always price and it was location and obviously you know price people want something that's affordable they don't want to pay you know too much for something they want to live within their means but also location because it's whether they want to be in an area that has good schools or they want to be near work or if they're younger they want to be in a more urban center that has restaurants and bars and things to do and, and everything like that that priority has kind of shifted a little bit and Yeah, there's still people that care about living near good schools and want to live near entertainment when things open back up. But the necessity to live near where you work is not as much of a priority for people because they can work from home in most cases. We were talking a little bit ago how a lot of these major tech companies, uh, Twitter, Salesforce, uh, have, have really said that their employees can work remotely indefinitely. So there really is no need for them. If you're applying for a job or you get a job, with one of these companies, you don't necessarily have to relocate from one city to another because you have that flexibility to work from where you are. Even if you're on the other side of the country, you don't have to move. So I think people are going to prioritize more family aspects of that location versus their commute time or versus living near the office or things like that. And this whole work from home, phenomena, I guess you can say, because it was something that some people were able to do, but not a lot of people had that luxury, really is going to change a lot of aspects of people's lives. And I do expect, as we were talking, that this hybrid workforce idea is going to continue even when the pandemic is over.
5: Yeah, I was reading uh, something about state government here in Michigan where they're going to uh, they're planning on encouraging people to continue to work from home and looking at at leasing less space because they won't need the office space that they used to need and I'm wondering if if private businesses do that as well um, are you anticipating in um, rent Anticipating um, a, a real change in center cities, where office buildings typically dominate the landscape, and except for a few restaurants and bars and boutiques and things, um, do you see a, a big shift in what's going to happen with uh, with inner cities if a lot of those offices go vacant and and people start? working from home, do you think we'll see an increase in, for example, in downtown lofts and, and entertainment districts and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I, I do. Uh, and it's an interesting theory. And it's something that I've thought about. I really don't have any science to back it up. But it, it makes sense when you think about it. If more people working from home, there's less need for that in-person office space. And I, I do know there are a lot of companies that are considering downsizing, not their workforce, but their their actually workspace. Because if everyone is working from home, you know, that's, that's just real estate that they have to pay for that's utility bills that they have to pay for that's not being used in this massive space. So it does make sense to think that a lot of these companies, if they have say two floors in the office building, might go down to one floor, half a floor, whatever it might be. And what that transition is going to do to downtown areas is kind of interesting to think about. And we've kind of already seen, even before the pandemic, a demand for these kind of mixed-use spaces in urban cores. So anything with restaurants on the bottom and kind of loft living on top or or even older warehouses that have been transitioned into loft-style buildings. That is a trend that's been going on for a few years right now, and it is still very popular. People want to have these loft-style, you know, industrial-feel apartments or places to live because if you're a younger person and you want to live downtown that's where the buildings already are there people are coming in, buying them and turning them over into living spaces and are able to make money on that space because these loft apartments generally will rent for a little bit higher than a normal apartment because they tend to be a little bit larger just larger square footage they're in more desirable areas and people are willing to get in there there's demand for them so that's going to help drive up the rent price of these these types of units and I do think that you're going to see developers that try to build more of these types of of units or buildings. It'll be interesting to see though what that does with supply and demand in specific markets because if you put too much housing units on the market and there's not enough renters you're just going to have housing units then that are sitting vacant and that could drive down the prices overall. You know it's a big kind of give and take and it really is anyone's guess at this point. But if I had to make a guess, because, you know, that's what you asked me, I would say that, yes, we're probably going to see a trend in that direction. How quickly that happens, though, I really I don't know.
5: Is it primarily uh, millennials that are attracted to those kinds of living spaces, those those downtown loft type places or, um, or or is it more professionals? You know, you are going to see a lot of millennials trying to get into these places.
2: The problem that they may have is they might not be able to afford it. So it is going to be a lot of younger professionals, people in their, like, 30s or 40s that may be single or married with no kids. But interestingly enough, there's also been a push for empty nesters after the kids get out of the home wanting to move back into the city. They don't need a big house in the suburbs and all that space, so are looking to downsize and are looking to get somewhere that's walkable and close. So it's kind of a mix. And whether that trend of that that demographic continues, it remains to be seen. Um, I think COVID is going to really throw everything out of whack and turn things over. And, you know, it it may change completely what the renter demographic is. Um, But as of, you know, six months ago, that's really what we were seeing was kind of younger people wanting to live downtown. And then kind of a gap, and then some more empty nesters that are, are trying to downsize and kind of get back into the city.
5: There, um, I, I remember reading some years ago that uh, seniors that were looking for, you know, retirement locations, uh, you know, were were attracted to the Sun Belt, and and very often they had certain requirements. They wanted to live close to hospitals and <laughs> close to water, yep. and and i i wasn't really sure what all of that was about but i i wonder have has the list of of things that people would like to see in a place they live changed for uh, older americans
2: you know i think it really just depends on each individual person um i think you're right that people that are retiring are generally want to move somewhere it's warmer Um, I mean, who wants to deal with, you know, snow six months out of the year if they don't have to. Um, They want to be close to medical facilities and just general facilities that they're going to use. Because, again, you know, if if you are an older person, chances are you're going to need to go to more medical appointments or possibly the hospital more often than someone who's younger. Um, So it really is just about finding those those community amenities that you need and trying to be near them. So I think that's going to stay the same, that you're always going to have retirees are always going to want to live somewhere warm. They're always going to want to have that, that community amenities, as I would say, nearby. But I think another thing that more people are trying to prioritize right now is a location near family. And whether that's near where their kids might already live or be near the, the ability to fly or drive or take a train or whatever it might be to get to where their family is, I think that's also going to be a high priority for a lot of people.
5: And... um what happens to um, the the buildings that, that businesses or government offices uh, vacate? Do you, do you think they'll be developed into multiple-use properties, or will they just come down in lieu of urban farming? <laughs> you know, I, I think you
2: could see both. Honestly, you could see both things happening. That's just going to depend on what market that you're in. Uh, I think the first thing you'll probably see is developers will try to turn them into more mixed-use buildings, um, you know, whether it's more high-rise style apartments. And you're already seeing this with a lot of historic hotels in certain cities are turned into livable spaces rather than just being demolished and, and turned into just another you know, high-rise, modern-looking building. I think that's gonna be more of a trend because it's gonna be a quicker turnaround and, and a less costly option for developers. Um, But you could see certain areas that are kind of more conscious into developing green spaces that might just raise these buildings and and build more public parks in that area. I think it really just has a lot to do with what people in that city want, what legislators are looking to do, and really just the overall economic standing of whatever city that is. So, you know, you may have a different answer in Michigan that you would have in Atlanta that you'd have in California, you know, so it, it really remains to be seen on each individual market.
5: Are more people renting now than 10 years ago? You know, it's interesting. I think
2: more people were renting up until about a year ago. And then we're seeing a trend of people either trying to get out of smaller units and into larger units or trying to buy homes. And I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that because interest rates are so low right now if you want to get a mortgage you it's very favorable those terms if you have the down payment and the ability to you know put that money aside i think a lot of younger people the the idea of owning a home has become more of a a stretch goal than an actual goal because of that cost investments and and people generally younger people aren't as good at saving money as they used to be and i may be speaking generalities but just from studies that i've seen a lot of younger millennials gen zers say that they believe they're going to be renting for life and that's just because of one they're used to that lifestyle i mean they may change their mind in 15 20 years but just the, the thought of putting down the money for down payment when you have student loans like debts and credit card bills and all these other expenses that you have It seems unattainable for them. So I think there is going to be a large population of people that do continue to rent. However, the people that have the means to get out of apartments are making more of a rush to do so. Because of the pandemic, they want to get something that's larger. They don't want to be cooped up in cities when they can get something with a yard and have a little bit more space. And if they can get a more favorable mortgage rate, they can actually be paying less per month for a home versus they would in their rent. And they can get some equity out of that investment
5: well if people are spending more time at home working at home uh, homeschooling their kids uh, all of that kind of stuff um their their living requirements changed and and i've absolutely i've heard a lot uh, I've, i've talked to a number of people from different industries talking about some of the changes that the pandemic has brought about from home improvement to you know, fixing up yards to be, uh, you know, living space and, and uh, places where they can get out and walk and, and exercise a little bit on their own property. And and I just wonder if, if the trend is, um, if there is a trend brought on by the pandemic for people to not only improve the space they're in, but perhaps change the space they're in to accommodate more living space because they're there more.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I I mean, the one trend definitely that we're seeing with renters is there is a push for larger units. So people that might be in a studio are more interested in getting a two-bedroom or three-bedroom unit, possibly with a roommate, possibly moving in with family. And that's one, to increase the amount of space that they have, and two, to potentially cut costs that they're paying on rent. Because if they are going to move in with a roommate or move in with family, you're splitting expenses, splitting the rent, splitting the bills, whatever it might be. That might not necessarily give you more personal space, but it gives you just a larger units as a whole. But then also people that are renting homes or own homes, there has been a big push for home renovations and constructions. If you tried to contact a contractor anytime over the past six months, you know that you have to wait months before they can get to you because there's just such a demand. Supplies and lumber and things like that are all backordered if you can get it because there's so many people doing home renovations, whether it's picking up a kitchen or a bathroom or, or transforming their backyard into a more enjoyable outdoor space because more people are at home right now. And there's also the whole aspect is since everyone is working from home, people are transforming spare bedrooms into offices or trying to find a place where they can have kind of a mixed-use room where it's a family room on one side and a desk on the other so you can work or so your kids can have virtual learning or whatever it might be, the idea of a quote-unquote home in that home space is completely different now than it was a year ago.
5: Yeah, and and it's it's, um, funny, Brian, because uh, literally a few weeks before – COVID-19 started popping up in the news and we started seeing those daily uh, press briefings by Andrew Cuomo of uh, New York uh, State, it, it, um, I, I had set up my studio at home and was planning to work from home and then all of a sudden everybody was working from home but i always make this joke at the end of the show that you know it's time for me to head down the hall to the living room <laughs> you know because you know i'm you know here in the bunker but i was planning to do that anyway so i don't feel as uh inconvenienced or like i all of a sudden had to learn all new technology and stuff uh you know because of the pandemic um, but but a lot of people did and um i it's it's going to be interesting to see how it uh how it plays out when you know we reach that so-called herd immunity and and people can start mixing together um you know in person more uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see how long it takes people to decide that it's really safe to go out.
6: <laughs> yeah, definitely.
5: <laughs> I think there's going to be a little lag there, um, Brian. What are some of the other uh, studies that uh, Rent.com does? This this was interesting that I, I'm finding more uh, companies that are doing studies about things that are often related to the work they do every day but sometimes not necessarily what are some of the things that uh, um, that that you guys are looking into
2: yeah so I mean so rent.com you know if you're not familiar with the company and and most people aren't is we're a company and and a, a website that really helps people find apartments and places to live so if you're looking for an apartment whether it's in Flint or whether it's in Topeka Kansas wherever it might be You can go to our website, pop in the location that you're looking for, set some filters, you know, pet friendly, one bedroom, certain price, whatever it might be. And we'll give you results of apartments that are going to match, you know, what you're looking for. Our goal is really to help renters find their next homes. So we're doing a lot of studies that have to do with renting and things that renters might be interested in. Things like the cheapest cities in various states for renters just taking a look at general rent prices across the country and just trends that we're seeing. And then we're doing more things kind of along the lines of the best Zoom towns where we're looking at, you know, the best cities for whatever, for whatever it might be. An article that we did recently was actually the best cities for chefs, like home chefs, so people that are looking to, you know, cook at home. And we looked at factors like prevalency of specialty grocers and meat markets and butchers. Wow. average cost of groceries, like just various things like that. And we take all these different factors that we can find and third-party data and mix it in with some of our rent price data and just come up with, you know, a list of some of the best cities for whatever it might be. We've done best cities for golfing recently, and we're actually working on updating that article because it's been about two years since we did that one. A lot of people looking for a good social distance activity Golf is pretty good, especially if you're walking, you know, playing by yourself or even in in a foursome, you can maintain that social distancing. We've done best cities for hiking and camping, things like that. So just a a lot of different interesting things that we're looking at, just that that people might be, you know, somewhat interested in. And, you know, as we're talking, I pulled up the best cities for chefs and Flint didn't make the list. But there are two Michigan cities on there. Grand Rapids was 10th and uh, Kalamazoo was 23rd. So There are some good places in Michigan for chefs if anyone's interested in moving somewhere. But, um, you know, so we do a lot of studies like that, just things that that just might have people interested and might get people talking and just kind of start conversations um, that that people might find interesting.
5: What made you, um, when you, you said Flint and then you mentioned Topeka, Kansas, what made you think of Topeka, Kansas?
2: you know i was just trying to think of a random city in the middle of the country in topeka it's either topeka or omaha are usually (laughs) my examples that i use just well it's it's funny that that people don't necessarily think about but they're larger cities they are places that have a lot going for them uh but if you live on the coast you know i'm in atlanta you're up in flint you know you may not immediately think of some of these you know quote-unquote flyover cities but there are great places to live all across the country.
5: Well, it it was just fun, funny that you mentioned uh, Topeka, Kansas, because my mother is from there, and I have family there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and,
2: well, then you know all about
5: it, and, so. it. But it was just it was just an odd uh, coincidence, kind of, um, of of all the places to to mention in the country, Topeka, Kansas, because uh, I, I just heard from an aunt from there um, yesterday. In uh, so it's Topeka's been on my mind. I thought you were reading my mind a little bit there, Brian. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm not that good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Brian, what what is your gig exactly with uh, Rent.com?
2: Yeah, I am the uh, senior managing editor over there. So, really, I'm in charge of all the content we've been talking about today that, that you'll find on the Rent.com blog uh, I'm in charge of. So I'll, I'll determine the stories that we're going to write, whether it's some of these data stories about the best cities, as I was talking about for chefs or, or Zoom cities, or looking at our rent price data and just kind of compiling it all together. And also just general how-to and insights for renters. So if it's something like how to rent a pet-friendly apartment or tips that you might need to sure. you, make a small space look bigger, anything like that, uh, I'm in charge of basically assigning that out we have another brand, our sister brand, apartmentguide.com. I do the same thing for them. Um, so, yeah, I'm heads down all day kind of in the blogs and, and just kind of trying to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening in the rental market.
5: Brian, were there um, – did you do rankings when you considered this? You you, you talk about the uh, – 10 best Zoom towns for working remotely. Just off the top of your head, do you, do you know what, uh, what maybe the top three were? You know, for the Zoom article, we didn't rank them, because uh, as I was saying, anywhere can be a good
2: Zoom town. Uh, it, it just depends on each individual person of what they're looking for. We did do an article recently on Apartment Guide, though, that was the best cities to work from home. It kind of looked at some of the same factors. We looked at average square footage that you're going to have in a unit, two-bedroom rent prices, uh, internet speed, cost of a cell phone plan, things like that. Uh, and those, I can give you the top three there, because we just did this yeah, not huh. too long ago. Uh, yeah, number one city was Chandler, Arizona, so right outside Phoenix. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio was number two, and Winston-Salem in North Carolina came in third there. Uh, and a lot of those had to do with just affordability. These are areas that it doesn't cost as much for cell phone plans or for rent, and you have really good connectivity. Your speed score is good, so you're gonna. If you have a Zoom call, you don't have a, a lot of chance of buffering. Uh, you're gonna have a clear connection. You're gonna be able to hear who you're talking to. Gotcha. Um, just an interesting study that we, you know, put together.
5: Well, Brian, we've got to wrap it up there. But if people go to rent. dot com, will they be able to access some of these different uh, articles that you've been talking about?
2: Absolutely. Uh go to rent.com. Look on the upper corner on the left side. You're gonna have a little three little lines. Click on that and you can click on blog and you'll find everything that we've been talking about today will be right there for you.
5: Well, Brian, thanks so much for spending this time with me. It's been uh it's been fun.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
5: Take care. That was Brian Carberry from Rent.com talking about uh zoom and how that impacts uh, where people might want to live we'll take a short break and we'll be back hi with more. this is
7: joe by from the blue lions and you're listening to the tom sumner program
5: if you are
2: sick with covid19 or think you might have it take steps to help protect other people from getting sick stay home except to get medical care call the doctor before visiting separate yourself from others who live with you wear a mask to protect others Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov.
5: Hey, this is Tom. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Harper. Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions.
3: Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice
1: Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. Hey, this is Steve from the Nashville office.
7: I'm Gwen Pennyman Hempel. Da
5: The Tom Sumner program celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan.
3: germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy, which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath.
6: The Tom Sumner Program.com. The Time Sumner Program.com.
3: Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program.
7: I want to say just a few words about North Carolina, my home state, possibly the finest state in this entire union. We got industry of all kinds, pretty country, raised corn, cotton, tobacco, peaches, peanuts, all like that got colleges all over the state, fine quality, pretty girls, and run off the finest white lightning made anywhere. <clears> hey, <throat> I see you all ain't forgot your raising. <laughs> but it is, it, it's, uh, well, this, uh, this government stuff that you all use up here in New York and all, that'll kill you. It, it will, you can't tell what's in it. <laughs> Here last uh, last New Year's Eve, I was up in New York, and uh, I, got, I got betrayed into drinking several, several folks' health. And uh, I was trying to be as, you know, as robust as I could about it. And uh, I kept on drinking their health, friends, till I'll tell you the truth, my own pretty near becoming endangered. <laughs> but, well, now that's not true about white lightning. Now you can tell what's in that because you can see through it. And I never shall forget my first swallow of it. I, I took a good one and I swallowed her down and she hit bottom. And, and my face turned red, and my eyes rolled back, and I gagged just a little bit. And then by and by I got over it. And some of the boys says, How are you? And I says, Boys, I'm doing fine, gaining ground all the time. <laughs> and I think I've got her if she don't jump. Yes, <laughs> sir. I said says, give me just a minute to rest and I'll try her again. <laughs> there, was, uh, there was one fella that lived there close to me there a while, a fella named Sam Wood. And he did, he made the best they was made anywhere around. But he had bad luck with it. He uh, seemed like every time he'd run off a batch, why well, he'd get caught. And he was on the county roads so long and got so old that they finally just put him to a cooking. And he was serving up the boys one night. He is serving up a mess of creasy salad. That's turnip greens. It's, it's not really, I just don't know what else to call them. But he is serving them up, and one of them called him back. Says, Sam, says, come in. Says, there's a lizard in my greens. <laughs> Sam looked back and forth and says, hush. Says the others will want one too. <laughs> you know? they, They might be good, fixed right. <laughs> Sam, he uh, he used to he had bad trouble with drinking a whole lot of it too, but uh, he quit about old oh, five six seven years ago, and I got to talking about it with him one time. I says, Sam, did you ever have the DTS? He says, Boy, I had them when they first come out. <laughs> now, I'd like to report to you here that there is excellent progress going on all over down there, even in, in the most backwoods communities at home, they're getting all kinds of modern conveniences. There was a fellow that worked at the same factory that I used to with my daddy there in Mount Airy, and he come in out of the mountains one morning just as mad as he could be, and he says, Carl, says the people up there in the mountains getting to act just like the people in town. He says, there's a family of them up there close to us that started putting screens on their windows. Shutting the flies out on everybody else. <laughs> and well, then too, I think this is pretty good. Uh, nearly all, nearly all of our local officials can read and write now. They can. And some of them do their own punctuating. There was, was, was one in particular that I remember, he was learning pretty good. And he is down at the barber shop reading the paper and showing off.
6: <laughs>
7: and, well, he is, he is reading along and he says, uh, says I see him while so and so paid the supreme sacrifice. And the barber says, Yeah, I heard where he is killed. Says, Don't say he is killed, says he paid the supreme sacrifice. <laughs> It's not very funny, I just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> and we are, we are thrifty. I'm proud of that. I had an uncle one time, he said he bought him a new pair of shoes off a fella. He said he paid 3 dollars and quarter for them. Pretty brown shoes. And said he put them on and he was walking on uptown. And said he was walking along and said his left shoe commenced to hurt him a little. And he was limping just a little bit and said he was walking on and he passed one of his friends. He says, what are you limping for? He says, I bought these shoes, and this left one's hurting me just a little. He says, why don't you cut them? He says, I ain't going to cut these shoes. He says, I paid 3 dollars a for them. He kept on walking. There's a hurting worse, and he got studying about that thing. And he got studying. Maybe that fellow had something about cutting that shoe. He says, I took my knife, and I cut a little hole just about that size right where the sewer was. And he says, you know I wouldn't have took three dollars and a quarter for that hoe. (laughs) Well (laughs) he told me that and I had to get up off the porch. (laughs) But now, them of you that has to live here in Washington, there's a whole lot to be admired about, about Washington too. Cherry trees, monuments, and everything like that. The main thing, though, that I admire about Washington are the pretty girls, and I'm bound to say that. They are as pretty and well-built as any I've ever seen tried to fill a balloon dress. <laughs> and I love to look at them. My wife told me a long time ago, she says, you can look at the pretty girls, but don't you never touch them. And, friends, I've tried to live by that. Of course, that throws me to do an extra lot of looking just to make up for that one handicap. Well, I reckon we might as well go right ahead and get right on into the service. Is the choir ready? All right.
4: Mommy and Dad are never nervous or mad when you teenagers go. Downtown, Daddy and Mom just stay at home and keep calm And watch the late, late show uptown Cause when you kids are gone we get to spend some time alone here That's our only chance to use the bathtub or the phone here When you're away Besides, we're stuck where we are Because you kids took our money, you kids took our car And went downtown, where can you possibly down? It's 20 after 3. Downtown, what do you mean by let's fruit? <laughs> you don't come home till 4 a.m. because you're roaming in the street somewhere. Downtown, we would feel swell if only someone would tell us what goes on down there. Downtown, but every time we ask you what you're doing after dark, fair, you just say that you were fruging to Patula Clark, fair. That's what I mean. So, kids, give your folks a break because you're driving us crazy. We sit here all night and take pills down, swallowing pills so we'll calm down, counting the hours you're downtown. You and your frug and your slop. Television. Then you call us up and say you've had a slight collision There goes the car Beside that you've been arrested So we've gotta get up and we've gotta get dressed And go downtown Borrow a car and go downtown That's where you are, you think downtown Wait till I get you kids home There'll be no more fruging, no swimming no jerk, no mashed potato, no slop. Now tell you something else, you're going to stay home tomorrow night. And your mother and I are going downtown, and we're going to dance the tango, and the waltz, and the fox truck, and we're going to do the bunny hug. It's a nice dance, and there'll be no more droguing. Is that white flare No more droguing!
0: Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on. This was another Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
5: Don't you know? Go on. Go on. Get out of here.